Out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. Nine are the real fighters, and we are lucky to have them, for they make the battle. Ah, but the one. One is a warrior, and he will bring the others back. Heraclitus. This is the B1 Change 1 podcast, where our mission is to help listeners to find values, practice integrity, and inspire change. Our vision is to mentor men and empower them to achieve more by taking responsibility for shaping their own lives. He's Cass, an evolving man who has been shaped by adversity and continues to grow through his imperfections. And he's Roscoe, an imperfect work in progress that tries to suck less every day. Between us, we have over 40 years of Air Force fighter pilot experience with countless hours as trainers, instructors, and mentors. Join us and learn to take responsibility for your own life as we dive into subjects from leadership to resilience to vulnerability. Be the one who changes their course. Be decisive, driven, and purposeful. Set the example for others. Lead. We wish we'd had this show when we were younger men. Be the one. I went down this rabbit hole for a while, and I don't know, for me, this is how it happens, man. I'll spend two or three months researching like a thing, right? Or, or I'll get energized about a subject or something. I went down, I probably went down two months of, I watched every video on YouTube about quantum mechanics Mm. and I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. I'm a dumb redneck and I don't understand all that stuff, but it just fascinates me. Yeah. Well, one of the rabbit holes that I went down was stoicism being, started learning more about what it means to be stoic and, and some of the modern day stoics and really got into some of the ancient, Gresham, Stoics, and and philosophers and things, and started doing some reading from like Aristotle and Socrates and all those. I know it's Socrates. Socrates, yes. But but I say it. I say shit like it's spelled. Okay. So and as I said before, if I can say it and spell it and use it in a sentence, yes. it is a word. So <laughs> you will hear some some weird things from time to time out of me. But one of the one of the quotes that I came up with here just a while back was. The unexamined life is not worth living. And that was from Socrates. Mm -hmm. And then there was another one called knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. And that was from Aristotle. And I thought that that really kind of dovetails nicely into what we're trying to get to in the B1 Change 1 community here. Specifically, when we talk about our mission statement, we talk about defining values, integrity, and inspiration, being an inspiration for people. And, you know, in episode zero, we kind of wave-topped it a little bit, but I thought we'd dive in just a little bit deeper into the mission statement and then really get into the how of how to do it. Yeah. So for me, defining values is critically important because it's really about being congruent in your life and showing up in alignment. And what I mean by that is if you don't know what those core values are for yourself— then it becomes very difficult to make good decisions sometimes. And I try to show up in the world where my decisions are aligned with my values. So that way I know I can stand by the decisions that I've made. Yeah. And it doesn't mean those decisions are easy. I've had to make some really hard decisions in life through adversity, you know, and some of them relationally too, right? And some of them still very painful to this day. But I've had to make some really strong decisions that kind of align with my core values and who I am as a person and what I'm willing to accept. And in some cases, have been forced to draw really strong boundaries with people, uh, including loved ones, you know, that has changed the nature of our relationship over time. But that allows me to be congruent with who I am and to kind of walk in that alignment. And that's the practice integrity piece, right? That's when you understand your value system and then you can show up in the world in alignment in those decisions that you make, that's when you're practicing yeah. integrity, right? That's when you're walking in your true self. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to have a lot of question marks in the back of your mind or over your cranium wondering if, oh, should I have done that? Or, oh, should I have made that decision? Or, yeah. oh, was that the right decision to make? And then inspiring change. Inspire change doesn't mean I'm going to go find somebody and teach them how badass I am. Come here, right? let me inspire you. No, it's just about... By, by doing that, you're naturally going to become an influence in 
the people around you. You're, yeah. you, they're going to see a shift and they're going to ask you, dude, what's going on? How, you know, how did you get here? And then you're going to be able to share those things with people. It's kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode too, Roscoe, you know, in a fighter squadron, you're always competing. But if you walk in and you're Mr. Big Ego, you can probably agree with this, but every dude I ever saw in a fighter squadron who could never be wrong, could never do anything wrong, would try to hide stuff in debriefs because they had a super big ego. Those guys were usually very, they weren't very sure of themselves, right? They had a lot of, a lot of things about themselves that they were unsure about. And they tried to hide that by being, having a lot of bravado, having a big ego, trying to, trying to act like they were bulletproof. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work just so people know, like you see right through it. So that practice integrity piece is just how you show up. Sorry, not the practice integrity, but the inspire change piece is just how you show up. You're going to inspire change in the people around you just because they're going to see that you're doing something in a specific way or really well. And they're going to be like, dude, how do I do that? You know, and we've talked about this before, you know, when you're a young wingman in a squadron, you don't have any qualifications. Nobody listens to you, but the younger, the other younger wingman, if they see you doing something really well, maybe in a debrief, you know, your radar work was really solid or whatever the case may be. They pull you aside and they go, dude, how did you do that? Can you, tell me how you did that. Right. And that's how you can inspire that change. Yeah. And I'm talking about, you know, obviously a professional example, not a personal one, but it works in the same, it works in the same way. Yeah. I got a story that's just very near and dear to me that kind of shows that whole process a little bit. And it's my own personal story. Right. And, and one of the things that you and I both agreed on through this, this journey that we're about to go on with the podcast is, you know, showing some of that vulnerability and that humility out there and, it was right after I retired, we talked about it, I went down this slope of kind of self-destruction because I didn't really know, I had lost my why, I didn't know where I was going, I didn't know what I was doing. But the silver lining at the end of it was I recognized it, okay, so I did some of that self-inspection stuff, which we're going to talk about in depth here in just a few minutes, right? But I did a little self-inspection, and I decided, it was an active decision on my part to make change. That's where you were talking about action. So I had to go through the planning process of identifying the problem. What is the problem here? And come up with some some solutions, some good viable solutions to that problem, and then put those into practice and assess and see if they were working or not. Right. So I went through this whole mind, body, soul, spiritual kind of, I was trying to balance everything back out because I'd gotten really out of whack, dude. I was all effed up. About two years go by of me doing this, and I come out of my man room one day. I walk around the corner. Katie's sitting in her chair there watching TV or whatever she was doing, and she says, stop. So I, like, froze in the room. I'm like, oh, shit. What I do now? I fuck something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when, you're, when your wife gets onto you, you immediately assume that it's your fault. Yeah. But she says, look, I don't know what you're doing back there, but I got to get some of that. Yeah. And that was the beginning of her journey, and it's taken her a while, but now she's – at a point where she's starting to turn some corners and stuff. I wasn't doing the things that I was doing for her. I was doing them for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why it's so important. I think it's so just, I mean, critically important that you have to understand that it's about you. This is the one time, the one time that I will allow and admit that the world revolves around me. The world of self-inspection and and self-growth revolves around me. And I'm not doing it for anyone else except me. Yep. So when I was going through that process of defining those values and trying to do trying to put those into action every day. Yeah, you you slip up, man. You know, I'll tell you about my character Stan at some point, but that that voice in your mind that talks you out of doing the things that you know that you need to do in order to walk in your values every day, you're going to mess up. You know, you're going to slip. You're, you're going to flip a guy off in traffic. You're going to present, you're going to present yourself in maybe a negative light at times. And as long as you can realize it and go back and go, man, I really, I really wish that I would have handled that differently. How can I do that different the next time? You know, you you start to find like a, a calming, there's a little bit of a calming effect there, I think. Yeah the noise starts to fall away from your life just a little bit. And when those situations arise, you can recognize them right off the bat. Eventually, other people start to notice that. 
They're like, hold up. Roscoe's walking into the room with his chest out a little bit more, his head's up. You can tell that he's more confident. His words are more measured. You know, he speaks directly, but he's not mean about it. Yeah, there's a lot more clarity. Yeah, so so that was kind of my personal story about how I influenced one person just by taking care of myself. And now she's doing it for herself, not for anyone else. She's doing it for herself. And that has in turn inspired another person, and it's a ripple effect. Yeah, and I think what's important about what you said right there, too, is that was like a two-year process, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it takes time. And so some of these things that we're going to take about, you're not going to sit down in five minutes with a little sheet of paper and go, oh, here's my values, and then yeah. I'm going to walk in this. Like, this yeah. this kind of stuff takes time. you got to dedicate a little bit of effort and a little bit of time because these are hard questions. Well, it's taken me half a century to get here. Yeah, well, me too, right? Yeah. So, in you know, I, the mantra that I've always kind of lived by is humble, approachable, credible. But I wasn't always humble, I, and I wasn't always approachable either, you know. And yeah. so, um, it's a process, and it's a process that, that you'll. It's an evolutionary process that you will continue to grow through, and it, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. It takes practice. It takes effort, and it takes self inspection, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and you know, I hope that. I really hope that there's some dudes from my past that'll listen to this podcast and they're probably going to listen to it because this guy's an asshole and just listen to it out of spite. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to this just so I can throw rocks at him. Okay, fine. I want you to know, first of all, I apologize wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, I got a lot of phone calls I need to make and apologize <laughs> to people, but I, I also hope that you can get to a point where you can accept this truth. And that is, man, I was learning. Yeah. I was learning the hard way how to do some shit. And I didn't always do it right. Yeah. And I pissed a lot of people off and I lost a lot of friends because of it, because I was ego driven. And some of it was product of my environment. You sure. know, I was, I was thrust into situations that I wasn't prepared to handle yeah. and I was expected to perform and, and I failed miserably at it. And I can give a lot of good examples of how I just wasn't ready for it. Now that's no excuse. I should have sought out a mentor and, I should have listened to what they had to say, and I should have done some self-inspection and find out how I can show up better for these people. Instead, I thought I had all the answers, and I went at it the wrong way, and and now I my, my friends list is a lot smaller than it probably could have been. Yeah, for sure. So moving into the self-inspection piece, what do you think is like step one? How do we, how do we even get there? What is this self-inspection stuff all about? Well, to me, so... Being introspective is just a way to examine and reflect on your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So it really involves kind of exploring what are your personal values? What are your beliefs? You know, because so much of what we're, what we are when we're younger is learned, right? Whether you grew up, you know, in a Christian household with really traditional values that maybe you've adopted we were talking about the example of, you know, how sometimes you got people that may come from a, a relatively conservative family and then they go to school and they come back from their first year of college and their parents are like, what happened to you, right? Well, they've been Rump exposed Springer. to, yeah, they've been exposed <laughs> to all these new values and all these new ideas. And in some respects, that's just a process of people trying to define that stuff for themselves, right? But that at, at its essence, that's what it is. It's, it's trying to figure out what are those values, beliefs, motivations that you hold dear and then how can those things help inform the decisions that I make in my life? Um, and we'll get, we'll, we'll have a deeper discussion in the next episode about what values are and how to define them for yourself. But introspection is really just a process that allows for personal growth and improvement. Because yeah. when you start to understand what those core things are about you, your moral compass, your northern star, whatever platitude you want to you use... It becomes a very powerful tool for personal development and can lead to greater self-awareness. And that greater self-awareness will allow you to make better decisions that give you, you know, a, a more fulfilled life because yeah. the decisions that you're making are kind of congruent and aligned with who you really are, right? And that's, yeah. and as a byproduct, that will lead to success in your life. Yeah, I think it's interesting some of the words that you used in there, the congruency, the consistency, and and understanding that these things, man, this is a process it and is. it takes time. You know, you're not going to just, like you said, you're not going to jot some things down on a piece of paper and all of a sudden be, be a different person. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to try some things out. Yeah. You know? And there's a lot of ways that you can, there's a lot of ways that you can get there to where you think that you've identified your values. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I've seen it. You've seen it. We've all done it. These are going to change yeah. over time, you know, because your life circumstance is going to change. You know, you're going to, you're going to create a family. 
you're gonna you're gonna have a new profession, or you're gonna have some kind of tragic trauma, uh, traumatic event, or something like that in your life that's gonna shift your focus, shift the things that you hold on that pedestal as what you think are important. And and something that I thought was interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about where some of these values come from, and I had done some digging a while back on the from the DOD and all the services. I started looking at what their core values are. And for the Air Force, the core values are integrity, service, and excellence, right? Which yes. are pretty, I mean, those are pretty solid. Sure. Okay, those are solid. So then I took it a step further, and I started looking at Fortune 500 companies and started digging down into those. And, and what are the core values of some of these, like the Walmarts and the Amazons and the Facebooks and some of those? And, I man, I saw a lot of lines of parallel there. In fact, integrity popped up out of the 10 or so that I looked up. Integrity popped up about eight times. Yeah. Excellence popped up nine out of 10 times. So some of these, while you may have learned some of your values from your parents or from your environment or your football coach or whomever it may be, there's probably a reason why. And and that's a whole nother discussion is the why behind your values. What's driving you to think that this is important? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of good takeaways there. One is recognize too that this isn't just about like defining what's important to you and maybe the values that you think you may hold, but also by examining kind of our thoughts and behaviors, we can identify patterns that are holding us back or or maybe preventing us from reaching our goals. You know, maybe there's some fear involved in that or some shame involved in something or I'm not good enough or I don't have the the requisite skills for something like this or whatever that is for you, right? So through this process of introspection, we can kind of try to peel that onion back a little bit and figure out what I like to say. So my wife shared this with me and I love this saying because if you think of yourself as an onion and you got a bunch of different layers to yourself, right? As you start to do this introspective process and you start peeling those layers back, you're going to find out what's true, what's truer, Mm -hmm. and what's truest. Yeah. You get to the meat of it. Get and we're trying to get to the truest. Yeah. When you said onions have layers, I immediately went to Shrek and ogres have layers. Yeah, yeah. right. Ogres are like onions, right? Oh, they're stinky? Now, I okay, so the layer piece of it. So we do this uh, We do this daily with the decisions that we make, and then you assess the outcome of that decision, and then you peel it back to try to find what exactly made this decision right or wrong. Sometimes you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes you swing and you miss, yeah. right? But the process is the same, and, and we can do the same thing with the self-inspection process. We can start to peel back those layers and get down to the meat of it. Like, what is what is at the core? Why do I value this? Why do I think that this is important? If I'm going to live my life in a certain way or in a certain direction, why is this my guiding light? Yep. So that's the thought process that we want you guys to go through is think about those things. What are the things that are important to you? What are the things that, that, you know, bring you joy or bring you fulfillment? And then as you start to define those things, start peeling that back, like get down to what that core value system is around it. And again, we're going to talk in the next episode about how to define those core values. But as you do that process, then you'll, you'll start to think think about the behaviors that you have and ask yourself, are those in alignment with what I really believe? You know, am I really showing up in the world in alignment with the things that I think are true? For clarity, there's some things that we should probably throw out there. And and one of them is what what are we really talking about here when we're, you know, we're talking about values and we're throwing around these words that, you know, we understand it because we've read into it a little bit. We've done a lot, I don't say a lot of research, but I've read some books that talk about values and I've watched some YouTube videos and I've, I've been on blog articles. And anyways, I have a, what I think is a fairly decent understanding of what personal values are. But if I'm trying to break it down to somebody who maybe hasn't done all that reading in that background, I would say we're talking about, for lack of a better term, we're talking about character traits. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a piece of it. There's some other pieces to it, but, but if you wanted to just put a, put a very simple definition on it, character traits that, that guide you through life. Mm -hmm. For, for example, honesty, honesty is a good, in my opinion, it's a good character trait. Now you can be too honest, you know, for the love of God, don't ask me if those pants make you look fat because I'm probably going to tell you, 
And there's, there's an old saying that says, don't ask questions that you don't want to hear the answer to. Yeah. So you got to be careful when you're around an honest person, but by and large, honesty is a good one. Integrity is a good one. Courage is a decent one. You know, so if you're, if you're looking for a different way to frame this using language that you're maybe more familiar with character traits, I think are, are good. And I love this, this quote by uh, John Wooden, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is who you really are. While your reputation is merely what other other people think you are. Yeah. That's the reflection of it. That's their perception. And you can't do anything about that except try to be true to yourself. Yeah, that's very true. And the important part about that honesty piece too is in this process, you've got to be honest with yourself and not make excuses for shortcomings you may have, right? Because you can't make a roadmap or a way ahead on how to fix some of those shortcomings if you're not willing to accept that you have them. Yeah. So a good practice in something like this is, you know, get a piece of paper, make a couple columns, write down the things that, that bring you joy, that bring you fulfillment, maybe what you think some of your core values might be, right? And then write down the, your behaviors and yeah. the things that you are maybe where your shortcomings do lie. Because once we do that, then we can start to build a plan on how to over, overcome those things, right? How, yeah. to, how to get better at something or maybe... I snap to judgment on people. Maybe mm-hmm. um, a big piece for me when I was younger was snap to judgment. Like I did not stay very curious. And that lack of curiosity didn't allow me to really understand other people's point of view all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I could be very quick to judgment and automatically put people in a, in a bin. And that wasn't always the best way to go about things at all, yeah. right? And so um, that's one way that you can approach this is by just kind of making a list and kind of going through that and then just be real with yourself about what those things are. Yeah, I, I think there's, when you're making that list, there's some, there's some tricks that you can use to put things into different columns. And one of those is if, it, if you're, what you write down, if it is based on like an emotion, then it's probably not a great value to go after. Uh, and, and I say that loosely, but hopefully here in the next couple of seconds, I can maybe define that a little bit better on the flip side. If your if your thing that you write down is more evidence-based versus emotionally based, then I think that's probably something you can hold to a little bit tighter. And I'll give you an example, money. If you wrote down money as your value, money is, I could argue is probably not the best one. Because, yeah, it's a carrot to chase, but it's also something that you can't really control. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Now, now you can have good savings habits and, and things like that, but you can't really control what the markets are doing. And you can't control if you get fired tomorrow to a degree and, and you know, stuff like that. Whereas on the evidence-based side of it, if you wrote down, say, work ethic and commitment, those two things are a hundred percent in your control. And if you were to just focus on those two. If the markets crash, you've still got work ethic and commitment and you're going to be okay. Yeah. That money's going to fall. The money's going to come back, you know, and, and, and those are just two kind of very simple rudimentary examples. But if you had a whole list of those that included hard work, commitment, drive, motivation, integrity, discipline, you know, all these things, and you start to add all those things up, well, dude, if the markets crash or not, you're already prepared. You know, because of those core values, you've already done the things that prepare you in case the markets crash. Right. Your your portfolio is diverse. You know, you, you've got you've got little cans of money buried all in your backyard, <laughs> or like cousin Eddie, or you know whatever it is. So I think that there's there's a little bit of a distinction there between the two types of things that you may value and and rooting out the ones that are what I would call good values versus not good values. They are evidence-based. So I heard, I heard something one time that said a wise mind is logic and emotion and balance, right? Cause we can't, we can't completely negate the emotional side of ourselves, right? That's True. part of life. True. But as you're doing this, like you're saying, if, if something that you have is just completely emotion based, then that may be a shortcoming mm-hmm. versus, you know, so we want to find those places where that logic and emotion are kind of in balance with each other yeah, to a certain extent too, right? Um, because that'll help us flush out and really get into the nitty gritty of what is the truest. 
Yeah. What is the truest peace? Yeah, when you're talking about emotions, you you can't necessarily control your emotions because they're just a natural reaction to stimuli. Fear, anger, those types of things. But you can control how you respond to those emotions. If you are a disciplined person, if you are a stoic type person, when you have a stimulus that would normally cause you to feel angry, rather than lash out and react to that stimulus, instead you take a measured response to the stimulus. And this is, man, this is a daily challenge for me. Just driving over here this morning, somebody cut me off in traffic, and I wanted really bad to yell and scream and throw four-letter words at them. Mm -hmm. Instead, I just gripped the steering wheel a little bit harder and swallowed hard and kept driving. You know, and, and at the end of the day, if you do end up lashing out to someone, reacting to your emotions, it's it's only going to, it's going to hurt you worse than it hurts them. Was it theirs? Oh, God, I'll have to do the math. Okay, rule number one in life, never do math in public. But <laughs> something like 84,000 or 86,000 seconds in a day, somebody pisses you off for 10 seconds. Yeah, was that worth ruining the, the rest of the, the day for? Why, yeah, why are you letting them ruin the, the other 85,000 seconds in the day? Yeah. You know? So getting getting to a point where you can just kind of swallow hard and move on, I think is, is pretty cool too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and again, consider that consider some of these questions as you go through this process too. Like, what are the messages and expectations that you have in your own life that have defined your behavior? Because they may not be in a complete alignment. So, for instance, you know, I was raised in a very conservative Christian family where everything was black and white. Like, you know, it's good, bad, it's right, yeah. wrong, and very little in between. And as I've grown and I've experienced life and I've seen situations, whether it's with friends or family or myself, I've realized that it's not, most things in life are not typically that black and white. There's yeah. usually a lot of shades of gray yeah. in there, right? And so a lot of those pieces that I grew up with, they've informed who I am as a person, and to some respects still have defined how I show up. But a lot of that stuff has shifted for me too, right? Just because of my own experiences in life yeah. and some of the things that I've seen and done and, and how that shaped me and helped me kind of really re redefine for myself what those, those core characteristics and those core mm -hmm. values are. And that's just all part of that self-inspection process. Well, a lot of that's your, just the way that you've Transition from youth to adolescence to adulthood. It is. You know, and, and and the power of the influences that you had during those times. And, I mean, we can't, you can't stress enough how much the military changes that for a person. I've seen it so many times. I mean, I needed it. When I went to basic training, man, I was, I was just not a good person. I was not well-rounded. I, I mean, I was raised in a, uh, in a Baptist household community. My grandpa was a, a Baptist preacher. I had been taught all these things. I had chosen not to live by them. I'd been out of the house for a couple of years, so I was kind of doing my version of Rumspringer. But when I joined the military, that enforced and made me have the discipline to do some of these things. You know, now you can't force somebody to have integrity, but you can hold them accountable when they don't. Yeah. And, and so, you know, moving, moving in, you know, further down this self-inspection path is, you know, when we get into the how do we do it kind of thing, you, you offer the technique of writing things down. There's a lot of different exercises that you can do, but I think first let's, let's just set some rules of engagement here, right? ROEs. First of all, you have to be honest, yep. right? You, you're not going to be, you're not going to get anywhere if you're lying to yourself. And again, yep. this is a hundred percent on you. Yep. Nobody's going to do this for you. So you have to be honest with yourself. And if you go, and one of the one of the exercises that I do for, for new guys that I'm coaching is I tell them, take off all your clothes, stand in front of the mirror, and stare at yourself for 60 seconds. If you can't find something wrong, congratulations, you're superhuman, you're, you're like a god, okay? But I guarantee you in 60 seconds, you'll find something. Maybe you need to shave. Maybe you need a haircut. You got one eyebrow that's going off like a grandpa over <laughs> here, you know? 
getting a little soft around the midsection. If you can't find something physically, if you're just a perfect physical specimen, then look into your eyes, stare into your soul. Get down and start asking yourself some of those questions. Was I a good person today? However you define that. Another piece to it is you have to have a little humility when you're doing this. So you got to be honest. You got to have a little humility and you got to be able yes. to, you got to be able to point those things out to yourself, you know, write them down, internalize them, however you're going to do it. You got to have some courage. You do. And the other it. thing I would say too, is if you're not going to start today, you're not going to start tomorrow. You just got That's to right. start. You know, you're, there's never going to be enough time. Nope. There's, and there's never the going to be a right time. That's if right. you go through life thinking, well, if I just wait until this happens or if this happens, like that's how you get to be the 40-year-old dude who's in a job that he hates <laughs> and has yeah. no direction or purpose in life. That's valid. Because he sat there yeah. and at every juncture where he could have made or taken advantage of a new opportunity, he decided he couldn't because it wasn't the right time. That's an excuse. Don't do it to yourself. You got to step yeah. out. That well, And that's not to say that, you know, it's not to say you need to change jobs every year no. or anything, but I mean, eventually, hopefully you'll find something that you enjoy and you can stick to it and yeah. build a career off of that. Yeah. But don't be afraid to pivot, man. No, don't be afraid to pivot. And what I mean by that, if I, just to get a little more specific is like, you're never going to have the, enough money. You know, you're, yeah. it, you're, it's not, it's never going to be, well, I'll wait until I get married and then I can do X or I'll wait until I get promoted to this position and then I'll be able to do this. Right. It's sometimes you just got to have a little faith believe in yourself and step out mm. and see where it takes you. Yeah. You can always pivot. You can always yeah. adjust course. The goal doesn't change. The goal doesn't change. How you get there might change, but yep. the goal doesn't change. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I, that I tell kids is, uh, well, we just had a big graduation party out at the house. You know, I had, I don't know, shit, 12, 15, 18 year old boys out there, boys and girls out there swimming in the pool and whatnot. And we got ready to cut the cake and it was all awesome. And I got them around and of course, you know, I like to talk and I like to tell stories. So I got up and I said a few words. And the first thing I said to them was I turned around to all of them. They were sitting there and I said, Hey, congratulations. The easiest part of your life is over. Yeah. They just graduated high school. They got their diplomas and all that. It only gets more difficult. It does. As you start adding layers onto your life, you know, you're going to have to start a career. You're going to have to figure out what car to drive. You're going to have to hopefully meet a significant other and start building a family. And it just, life continues to hit you. Yeah. It's just going to keep swinging. And it's going to keep hitting you. And, and you've got to somehow build that shield and build that resiliency to be able to take the body blow when it comes and keep moving. Yeah, keep moving forward. And the, the, the next piece of it too is when you go through this, like just try to get your ego out of the way a little bit. Because it will, you'll bump into it a lot, potentially. And Brene Brown, who is a pretty well-known researcher, there's one thing that she says that I absolutely love. And it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. And there's a huge difference there, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about being right all the time because you're not going to be right all the time. That's your ego talking. That's your ego talking. But if you are trying to get it right, that's what allows you to explore the studio space, you know, to really figure out how you get to that, right? Mm -hmm. And that 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 goes into so many other things that we'll talk about down the road too about leadership and how you show up as a leader and things like that, right? If you're the one that has to be right, then you're not going to take input from the people around you that may have a really good idea that's better than whatever you were thinking of yeah. that gets you from Y to Z. Yeah. But if you're about getting it right, then you become more open to that stuff, that curiosity's there that approachability is there, that humility comes with it. Mm -hmm. and, and then all of a sudden things start to shift and change. So some of this comes with just maturity though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, uh, it does. And if we're honest, right. You know, when we were 18 years old, I don't think my brain was fully developed. I'm no. sure that's probably no, like hell no. neurologically researched and true, but, but it doesn't mean you can't start thinking about these things, you know, yeah. and really being introspective and trying to figure out what those things are for you. Yeah. What if, what if you could go back to, you know, in our, in our intro, we say that this is the podcast we wish we'd have had when we were 17. Well, what if we could go back to the time where we were 17 and we had a guy like us who would set us down and start talking to us, just real talk, man. Can I expect a 17 or 18 year old kid who just graduated high school to come and sit around in a circle and share with everybody? Well, no, no, but but I can't expect that kid to, hey, man, maybe we get a pickup basketball game on Saturday afternoons, and throughout that, maybe there's some lessons that we can talk about. 
you know, about, hey, man, don't give up. I mean, that's a good lesson for an 18-year-old to learn is how to not quit, you know, to be determined and be committed to something. And sometimes showing up is just half the battle. Yeah, it is. You know, if you can just show up and be prepared half the time, then you're kind of on the right path to winning at that yep, point. that preparation. But again, it, it all goes back to what are the shortcomings, for me anyways, like what's the messaging you've had to this point in your life? What are the shortcomings that you think you have? And then how do we build a game plan that allows us to move forward from there? Yeah. Well, there's some tips and tricks that we can use. Because then you yeah. can move out with some purpose around kind of, you know, adjusting and fixing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you said is is really good too, because what I would encourage anybody listening to the podcast to do is if, if you're interested in a specific thing or you're struggling with a specific thing and there's somebody in your life that you know that maybe exemplifies that or maybe they're already in the career that you'd like to go into or maybe there's a specific trait that you see resident in them that you you want to know how they got there, talk to them. Like have the courage to approach them and go, hey man, can we go grab a soda or can we go you know, have lunch sometime. Cause I'd really like to know how you got to where you are and learn from them, figure out what they did in their life to get to that space or to that spot. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin here. If you are a, an elder, if you're in maybe our generation and you're looking down at the 18 to 25 year olds who maybe aren't towing the line right now, Maybe you can offer that yeah. to them. And that's that's what I do actively is yeah, I absolutely. go around and I, I talk to these boys and, and I just try to find out, hey, man, what's going on in your life, man? Um, you know, I graduated high school two years ago. I've already had seven jobs and I don't know. It. Okay, dude. Hey, man, let's just sit down and talk, yeah. you know, and, and we'll meet up at a restaurant and we'll have a quesadilla salad and, and we'll just nug it out for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. One of the one of the cool things that you were mentioning about you were talking about purpose and stuff and and so I read this really cool book it's uh it's by Angela Duckworth it's called Grit the Power of Passion and Perseverance and one of the things I think as parents that we can do and and, and I don't even want to say parents I want to say our generation passing down to another generation is let's expose these young people who are transitioning into adulthood, let's help them be exposed to a lot of different things. You know, this idea that you're going to know what you're doing for the rest of your life at high school graduation is a fucking lie. Yeah. It is a lie. hundred percent. Nobody expects you to do. Well, I'd say nobody society, a lot of people do, but (laughs) I don't and nor should you. Yeah. Explore the space, man. It's okay, yeah. Now, I'm not saying explore the space doesn't mean work for Dairy Queen, then work for Jack in the Box, then work for Whataburger. Yeah. That's not exploring the space. It's fast food. It sucks. Get out of it. Or do I like gummies or do I like brownies or do I like... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, when I say explore the space, I mean research on some things that maybe interest you. Yeah. Try something out. You know, if if you think that you're artistic, go buy a guitar. If you think that that you really like building things... Get into engineering or join a construction crew or something like that. Like, there's no shame in working hard and trying to find your way in life. Yeah, because like we said in the last podcast, you know, sometimes figuring out what you don't like is just as valuable as figuring out what you do. Because you may think, hey, man, I'd really enjoy this, right? I'd really, maybe you like, maybe you like guns and you're like, man, I'd really like to figure out how to gunsmith or something like that. And then you, you, you find a school and you go to it and you get in there and you realize that, all the stuff that they do, the machining and all that stuff, it ain't for you. That's okay. Yeah. Now you know, right? Also, if you like guns, don't go out and shoot people and say, well, the B1 Change 1 podcast yeah. told me to go explore no, 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 space. No. We're not advocating for that. No, not at um, all. But yeah, I mean, I got my own story of that. I grew up on a cotton farm. So when I wasn't at school or or sports practice, I was out working on the farm, either chopping cotton or spraying weeds or picking cotton or whatever. That was our livelihood. Yeah. And, and I was free labor for my dad, you know? Yeah. But I knew without a shred of doubt that I did not want to be a cotton farmer for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So process of elimination, man. Yeah, for sure. I got my kids working a construction crew up on I-17 right now. I wanted them to work a job that they hate for a few months. Get that perspective. Yeah, it's all good. And, and that's exactly what it'll do is anything you try or do will give you some perspective. It'll lead you down the next right path and potentially even op- open up other opportunities. You know, going back to my story... When I was back in Washington after leaving my first year of college at Ember-Riddle, I'm doing a bunch of jobs that I do not enjoy just to make Mm -hmm. ends meet and help support my mom. 
But I'd always, and I kind of felt at that point, like the flying thing was a lost dream. And so I was like, well, what, what, what else am I interested in? And I always enjoyed politics to a certain extent. And so I was like, well, screw it, man. I'm going to go volunteer for this campaign. So I go and I volunteer on this campaign for the mayor of Kent, who also became a mentor to me in many respects. That opened an opportunity to go be an administrative assistant to the Speaker of the House, which then led me being a legislative assistant to the majority whip and the House of Representatives. And, you know, next thing you know, I actually was on a really good career path for to be involved in politics when I left for the Air Force, once I got my degree and everything. So don't be afraid to step out and try those things because you never know what kind of opportunities are going to be open to you. And it's okay if you pivot, right? Like it's okay to make a course correction. You don't have to just, well, I guess I got to go to school. So I'll go to school and study business. And then you spend four years in college and you really understand that whole four years that you don't like it and it's nothing you want to do. But now you graduate and you have a business degree and you're like, well, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. And now you're one of those kids that's just kind of stuck. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I mean, you know, and I think as we're talking about finding your purpose and finding your path in life, we can bring it all the way back to that that driving force inside of you, and that's called your value system. Yeah. Because what ultimately, when you get right down to it, what makes you you? That's your values. That's yeah. how that's how you're presenting yourself to the rest of the world, and nobody can take that away from you. Because that's your character. Yeah. For example, when I was younger, a a strong value for me was service, right? That's what led me to come back and kind of forego my own dreams and desires to take care of my mom. That's what led me to the military. This this idea of serving, you know, and and being a part of something that's bigger than just me and stuff like that. And it served me very well. Right. So maybe service is something that's important to you. Well, you can do that in a bunch of different ways. Right. You can go volunteer times in in some respect that you enjoy. You know, maybe you were a great athlete and you'd like to go coach. Yeah. You know, or maybe you want to join the Peace Corps, you know, and go see the world and get some exposure to other cultures and other places and other things through service. There's there's so many things that you can do. Join the military. Right. There's a lot of kids that join the military because they have that passion or desire to serve. And all of those things will be stepping stones to you getting to and figuring out what it is that you're eventually going to end up doing or being. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the important thing in all of this is to recognize that it's a process, man. So be patient with yourself. This isn't something you're going to figure out overnight. This is This takes time and it takes effort and it takes a little discipline to go through these things and really be introspective and figuring out what those things are and and then how we and then coming up with a game plan that allows you to move forward. Yeah. And I was I was we were sharing stories off air a little bit ago and I was telling this story about I ran this Xterra race over here in the mountains a while back and for 2 hours and 38 minutes I focused on nothing except where my next foot was going to land on the earth. Left foot, right foot, don't hit the rocks. Don't trip because it's all uphill and downhill, big rocks. And it was a blast. Yeah. Highly recommended. Was it a trail run? It was. But I say that because I, I'm leading into how we can get in the right headspace to start to identify some of these things and, and, and do this, do the act of self-inspection. And one of those things is through finding a way to just clear your mind. Somebody, somebody, or some people use meditation. They float Zen-like in the lotus position around their house. I don't know how they do it, but I'm more of a visualization kind of person. But I think going out and putting yourself through some kind of crucible, some kind of hard event where you can focus on nothing else, I think that that just clears your mind a little bit. And at the end of that two hours and 38 minutes, I got back in my truck. I was like, man, I didn't, for, for a couple hours today, I didn't care that the yard need mowing or the trash needed taken out or the bills weren't paid or I pissed my wife off or whatever it was. It was just complete clarity, singular focus on one single thing. So do you have any techniques on what you might yeah use. so i know i know people that journal that works well for some people that just is you know it, it allows them to get thoughts out on a piece of paper where they can go back and reference that you know and kind of capture and distill yeah. down what they meant by what whatever 
was pouring out of their brain at the mm-hmm. time. For me, it's exercise. Sometimes just going to the gym and working through a real hard treadmill block into a weight room block. Yeah, I'm almost out of body sometimes when I'm doing it because I'm focused on you know some thought in my mind or something that I'm trying to overcome or I'm I'm in some ways mission planning to a certain extent. You know, like okay, here's the objective, here's my desired outcomes, and then what's the tactical game plan to get there? Mm-hmm. You know. So for me, exercise is kind of a, a meditative process for me for sure. Walking sometimes, you know. Yeah. The other thing for me too is like I'm an early riser, so getting up early in the morning and being able to just sit down with a cup of coffee and have the house quiet without any distractions lets me work through that process as well. But it's different for everybody, right? You're going to find your own thing, but it's important to find that quiet space where you can do yeah. some of this work because you really need to be able to focus, and then and then just be open to it too. Like be open to the process and don't judge whatever's popping up in your mind just let that stuff kind of flow out and jot it down and then we can you can kind of refine and distill it down from there yeah try to be try to be kind to yourself in this process because there's going to be some stuff that comes up and you're going to be like that's not i don't that's not me i don't believe that you know well it probably really is you right and it's that's where that honesty piece yeah right so just be honest with yourself in this process and then, and be courageous in it, but also be kind to yourself in the process, right? Like, it's okay. Like, this is how we improve. This is how we get better. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. There's, um, there's some, there's something cathartic to me about just going for a walk. And I did this, I did this challenge a while back called the 12 hour walk. And, uh, it was Colin O'Brady started it and he set the record for transversing Antarctica solo a few years ago or whatever. So he came up with this challenge called the 12 hour, right? And his challenge is, you don't take a phone, you don't take headphones, you don't take anything with you. You just walk. You just go out your house and you're away for 12 hours. So back in February, I I strapped up my backpack, I packed my lunches, I had some water, and uh, I had my phone with me only because I needed my pedometer. I wanted to know how far I went that day. And I had a blank piece of paper and a pen in my pocket. And I walked for 12 hours. I found me a nice little outcropping over the river and had lunch and I sunbathed for a little bit and I took a different path home. I ended up walking almost 25 miles wow. that day. And yeah, I was I was hurting and I was sore. But the cool thing was two things happened. One, about three hours into this walk is when my first problem really came to the forefront of my mind and I dug into it for about an hour. And just hearing the crunch under my feet, it it was so simple. And I was able to, I was able to dig down into that problem and I diagrammed it out one, two, three, four, five. And so when I got home that night, I was able to go and put it into my computer and really break it out, you know, but I, I kind of got to the root of it. I peeled that onion back yeah. and during that walk. And then the other thing that happened was at about the eight hour and 29 minute mark, I wrote down on my paper, this is it. Everything hurts. And that's why I came. That was the reason that I did the 12 hour walk is I wanted to get to a point where everything sucked and then figure out how to push through it. Yeah. And that was my mental toughness challenge for yeah. the day. Well, but, and doing hard things will show you it. that strength in yourself, right? 100%. So if you struggle with that stuff, like doing something hard, running a 5k, whatever that hard thing is for you, take the shot, go do it. Right. Because you might see that you're more resilient or more capable than you've allowed yourself to believe. And you might fail. Yeah, and you might, and that's okay too. But now you can go, okay, well, I got to this point. And so what I need to do to get to that train a little bit harder is do this, right? right. Yep. You can come up with a game plan. The important thing there, I think, is just never give up. Yep. Never quit. And that was, you know, that's a big, that's going to be a big theme of the messaging throughout is just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your passions. You're worth it. Exactly. Just, just keep moving. And sometimes, like I always coached, uh, I always coach, I, I still coach my kids is just move the ball a little bit. Every now and then you might have to punt. Not every play is going to work out the way you diagrammed it. Yeah. The defense gets a vote. Yeah. Like when, we were flying, a touchdown. when we were flying, the enemy gets a vote. If yeah. they move their surface to air missile site one mile, yeah. it changes our whole freaking game plan. Yeah, or man. you get there and there's more air to air adversaries than yeah. what Intel thought there was going to be. And now the picture is completely different than what you planned on. Exactly. So the point is, though, is you don't quit. Yeah. You don't give up. Make a smart audible. Sometimes you have to just return back to the cap, reallocate your forces, 
you know, maybe, maybe you just call it, call it, knock it off for the day and you go home and you replan. Sometimes you have to punt. But the important thing to know there is you're going to get the ball back eventually. And the ball's in your court and you can keep on moving, man. Yeah. And you can make adjustments that yeah. let you get a little further down the field the next time. So it's great. Parting shots. Self-inspection, it's a difficult process. It's an evolving process. Uh, be patient with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be courageous in, in the event of it to make sure that you're really distilling it down and peeling back that onion so that you can get to what's true, what's truer, and what's truest. Yep. I, uh, I'd like to leave people with stay humble and don't give up. Yep. That's it. It's, it's a process. It's a long process. But if you just focus on moving the ball a little bit every day, you don't, you don't have to win. You don't have to win this year. You don't have to win your career. You don't have to win your retirement. All you have to do is win today. That's it. And if you can just keep your, your focus on the near rocks, focus on today, win today, be the best version of yourself that you can today, and do that every day for the rest of your life, then I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah, you'll be successful. Anything else? That's it. We'll see you guys next time. Values is the next one up. All right. Be the one. Thanks for flying with the Be One Change One podcast. If you got something out of this show, then be the one and share it in your circles of influence. You can be our wingman through our website at www.b1changeone.com. That's B and the number one change in the number one dot com. We invite you to be the one and join our fighter squadron on social media at B One Change One on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can follow us at Paul Roscoe White on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, as well as Roscoe's website, www.paulroscoewhite.com. You can email us from the website and please leave comments, share, and ask questions, or leave ideas of things you would like to discuss on future podcasts. Most importantly, be the one that helps us win the algorithm by leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks for joining. Until next time, be the one.